is football. And it's great to have your company on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome to 3AW Football, brought to you by McDonald's at the MCG, getting ready for a titanic encounter between Richmond and the West Coast Eagles. After the results last night with the Magpies, too good for the Crows. Richmond are now fifth, looking for a chance to sneak in to the top four at the end of round 22, up against the reigning Premiers, who hold no fears at this mighty venue. A lot to look forward to here at the MCG, and then... On 3AW, we'll take you to Giant Stadium and hear it from the team, Tim and Tony and Lingy and Richo for the Giants and the Western Bulldogs on a Sunday afternoon to continue around 22 on 3AW. Daniel Harper with you for the afternoon. Looking forward to joining Bruce Ever in commentary a little bit later on for this clash. But uh, let's welcome the team to join us for the next hour in the preview where we'll be joined by Chris Fagan, the coach of the Brisbane Lions. Magnificent performance by his boys last night. Justin Leppage, assistant coach of the Tigers, too, getting ready to tackle the Eagles today. And Sunday roast and sweet as well. And your calls, 96900 693 or 131332. Out of town here on 3AW. It's a big welcome to the 313-game superstar of the Magpie Premiership skipper, Norm Smith medalist Tony Shaw's with us. Shorey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Harves. You can smell it. Can you? You can smell it. It's finals, isn't it? I, it just a beautiful day in Melbourne. They think, say there's going to be rain later in the day. But that's not going to worry us. But I can just, it's, a, it's got a feeling about this game. And, and there's massive uh, implication about what happens to the winner here. Like West Coast, if they were to get across the line, they'd probably get a home final, I would think, yep. in the uh, first week of the finals. And, of course, Richmond vying for that also. But the top four is really important. We know that. But, oh, phew. You can sense it. Just walking into the stadium today, it was like a, a final sort of build-up to me. Yeah, the sun was out, uh, the wind's blowing, that September breeze is rolling through, and Michael Warner, Tiger Tragic, and one of the all-time great <laughs> journalists from the Herald Sun, award-winning journalist from the Herald Sun, joins us on 3 Sunday afternoon. How, how are you? Yeah, and your boys, Collingwood, Shorey, they've really Ooh. made uh, Richmond, it, they've made it hard for Richmond. They have to win these last two games now, the Tigers, to finish top four, because you would think that Collingwood will beat Essendon, although they they were their Jekyll and Hyde bombers got up yes. again last night. But what what will be fascinating today as well is the two distinct styles. Mm. The Eagles are very measured, measured, controlled style versus the sort of chaos of Richmond. It'll be yep. interesting to see which one of those game plans prevails. And two really good, potent forward lines with small forwards who can yeah have well probably like Graham last week can dominate a game yep. to a point that they can get you across the line. Yep. Well, it's been a magnificent build-up to round 22. Has it, has it lived up to it so far? We've had some blowouts, uh, particularly from not, an Adelaide not in my tipping, it yesterday. hasn't. <laughs> haven't tipped, uh, tipped Adelaide, tipped Melbourne. So oh, you did. Yeah, I've, no, thrown no, it, I've thrown the season away. But you, uh, you couldn't tip Melbourne. I oh, know. No. In hindsight, no. Doing me. Trying to win it. Oh, right, you had to take a few risks on the last yeah. couple of but, rounds. But uh, I thought yesterday lived up to the hype. First versus second and uh, Link McCarthy, what a grab there oh. at the end to a fairy tale win and we're going to speak to Chris Fagan who what an amazing story. They won five games last year, Brisbane, and now they're sitting on top of the ladder with one round to go. It is a remarkable story. It's a remarkable turnaround. And the coach, the man who's orchestrated all this behind the scenes, has been good enough to join us on 3AW Sunday Afternoon Football. Chris Fagan, good afternoon to you. G'day, Half. How are you? I'm going very well. <laughs> I can imagine you're going pretty well, too. <laughs> Fags, after last uh, yesterday's performance from your players... Yeah, the old fine line between pleasure and pain. One point. Uh, yeah, we all know what that's like. But uh, no, it was a, it was a, it was just a fantastic uh, game for our club in that we, we we just 
Geelong had the edge all day, but we just found a way in the end to get a little bit, little bit of momentum and get over the line. It was a really tough, hard game of footy. The boys are pretty sore afterwards, and it was a great experience for them. So win, lose, or draw, it would have been a, would have been good for us. But uh, to get uh, up and win, uh, you get lots of belief from that, I guess. Oh, I was going to ask you that. I was thinking two and a half minutes to go, I, I panned to you on the bench at one stage, and I thought, I wonder what he's thinking. You were trailing at that stage. Link McCarthy hadn't sat on the head um, of his opponent and kicked the goal yet, so you're down by four points. And I wondered what you, was going through your mind about what you might say had it gone the other way, Fags. Would have it have affected the way you, you addressed the players post-game? No, I don't think so, because we, you know, we, we sort of said before the game, whatever happens, we'll learn plenty about ourselves today. So... Um, um, it would have been a discussion about what we learned, which is what we talk about afterwards, and we'll talk, talk a little bit more about that on Monday because it was a, it was very much a play to the finals like pace and tempo and intensity. So um, lots of uh, lots of good things to to talk Chris, about, I think. Chris, there's no <clears throat> excuse me rhyme or reason how you go into a final series, but to come off that win and then to have to travel to the MCG to play Richmond next week, depending on well whatever happens here, it's not really an issue, but. I think they yeah. couldn't get a better build-up to what going into a final series. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Tony. It's um, it's it's better than playing teams that aren't going to challenge you and uh, find you know holes in your system. So it's uh, it's good to to get that um, opportunity. Um, and there'll be I'm I'm pretty sure there'll be a big crowd at the MCG uh, next week, and we don't get to play there very often. So it's mm. ideal in round 23 that we do get a chance, just in case we get another opportunity later later on during the final series, so um, uh, we're, we're very much looking forward to it. We've had three weeks at home, so I've got uh, a bit of energy built up, and you know, it'll be, be great to come down and have a game against the Tigers. You've been through it with the Hawks a lot. How, are you an embrace the moment, or a, you know, let's pull back a bit and keep it in, how, you know, and try and level be level-headed about I, I'm an embrace person having played in a lot of finals with Collingwood and, and you know to me I, I just thought to soak it in is the greatest yeah. way of making these players realize that it it's not it's not totally different to a normal game until probably the first five minutes and then it's a, it is a normal game yeah yeah I, I think so we, we, we've talked about embracing I mean we yep. we weren't talking about finals at all but we have you know we have sort of as, as we now realize we're going to play there we sort of know that what we're trying to do at the moment is, in, is to continue to improve so that we can play well in finals. So it's embrace it and be excited about it, but also uh, keep trying to improve and just stick with your processes because all the things you practice during the year, that's, that's why you do them for, isn't it? So you can execute them well under, under, under the pressure of finals. So uh, we've sort of been pretty clear on that with the boys and they've embraced that idea. Chris, this turnaround of the Brisbane Lions has been remarkable. From where the club was several years ago, it was on its knees. You had the players leaving. You did win the five games last year. Those in the know who followed the Lions were telling me that you were going to come this year, but I didn't think, or not many of us thought, this far. At what point in the pre-season or even the season yourself this year did you have a moment of realisation that you were going to go deep? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think uh, that, you know my two previous years with coaching the boys, we won five games both years, and and the, the first year to win five games, I thought we're lucky. And last year's five wins were unlucky. I thought we could have you know easily won eight to ten games. So uh, probably it looks like a huge improvement this year. But there were lots of signs last year that we'll we're going to be an okay team. Um, oh, probably. I mean, it's it's hard to say when we fully embrace it because. 
you know, you're not, if you're a team that's perennially played final, that's what you expect to do. For us, it's sort of been a bit of an adventure, really, and um, we probably weren't prepared to say it and embrace it until we'd won the 13 games because that's usually what you what you need to get there, although it's probably not going to take that this year, but that was our mindset, so we sort of set that as a target, and then once we once we reached that, we've sort of talked about about um, you know everything we do now being a preparation for for some finals games. So um, that's sort of how it's rolled out. One person who's involved at your footy club, who's well, he's the greatest player ever, and maybe one of the greatest coaches, Lee Matthews, on your board. What relationship do you have with him? Does he have an influence? Do you talk to him at all? Does he talk to the players, or is it more just between you and him? Yeah, no. Well, fortunately, I live near Lee, and um, he and uh, his wife Deb and Ursula, my wife, and sometimes Greg's one and his wife. We catch up for dinner every Tuesday night. That's the official selection meeting um, for the week. <laughs> Not really, but uh, it's, it's great to it's great to talk to Lee. He knows a lot about footy. He's experienced a lot of things, and and uh, I was really excited yesterday. I don't, don't very often see him down in the rooms afterwards, but he was yesterday, and he was really excited about the way the team played. So, uh, uh, no, he's been um, uh, a very good friend and mentor for me in the time that I've been in Brisbane. I couldn't speak highly enough of him. Fags, I, I just want to ask you, any time a small forward kicks five goals three, I think they have an impact on the game. Um, uh, Chris Scott doesn't believe that uh, Charlie Cameron had an impact yesterday. I, you know, when you kick 33 points out of a winning score, even though it's one point, I'm, I think it is a fair impact, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, five <laughs> goals is the new 10 in AFL footy, I would have thought. Uh, <laughs> um, is, what did you make uh, of that, though? You know, was it just tongue-in-cheek stuff, do you think, from Chris? Oh, or oh, I don't know why he said that. Somebody else told me that, and I was a little yeah. bit surprised. I'd be tearing my hair out about some, some little forward doing that to us. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, mate. You'd have to ask him, but I, I did have a chuckle uh, when he said that because that wouldn't have been my response if I had been asked the same question. The uh, the performance itself from the players, I mean, you spoke before about being able to keep on keeping on and, and surviving the, the four quarters and, and the battle to the final siren. Was, was there an element of your game that you really wanted to see stand up yesterday, Fags, that did? Um, oh, probably the contested ball side of it now and our, and our uh, team defence. Um, uh, you know, we get talked about a lot for our for our offence, but uh, the thing that's improved the most in the last three years is our ability to defend and have low scores kicked against us. So, probably first five games of the year, um, we conceded a little bit too much, but from round six to now, uh, we've got that down to the low seventies, and I think that sort of sits us around second or third best defence in in the last sixteen seventeen rounds. So. Uh, always against the good teams that can score, you you, you want to test yourself out on that. And um, I mean, as it turned out yesterday, I was at 75 to 74. It's probably a fairly low-scoring uh, game, but both teams are working overboard to defend well, and both teams are working as hard as they could to score. So, uh, uh, and then then the contestable stuff. It's been a weakness of uh, the Lions for a long time now. It's been something we've been trying to improve, and with the acquisition of guys like Rocky Neal and Jared Lyons and the the development of McCluggage and Barry and those sorts of boys, we've started to get better at that, which you've got to be. You, 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 you've just got to be good at that to play well in finals. Is that defensive aspect why you made a beeline for Harris Andrews post-game and almost after, I thought you might have to start buying him roses and a chocolate just to... Because <laughs> there was a fairly yeah, intimate no, embrace there, folks. That was, that was that that part was of that? Bit, that? That was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? A bit of a show <laughs> that was great. Oh, that was fantastic. Well, I apologise to the boys after the game. They just laughed at me. But um, <laughs> uh, no, no, just Harris is a... No, Harris has played all his footy at the Brisbane Lions and his first two or three years, four years have been pretty tough so uh, 
you know, to see those boys in particular that have been around the club for a while to, to sort of feel what it's like to play in big games and do well in them is just it's just a great moment, you know, because you, you know how far they've come to get where they've got. So next week is a, clearly a pretty important game. Richmond playing today here at the MCG. Do you get your eyes on this today at the G? Yeah, I'm actually just uh, sitting in a, in a car at the moment going to the MCG to have a look at the game. So uh, um, good opportunity and I can then just uh, go down to the Marvel Stadium afterwards and w- watch the big rust plays last game oh, yes. as well. So looking forward to doing that. Well, it's a big day of footy for you after a massive day yesterday. Richmond here yep. at the G next Sunday is going to be a great challenge. We cannot wait to see what happens. Chris, we appreciate your time and good luck in the build-up to a big game on Sunday. Yeah, thanks for your interest, boys. Cheers. Well done, thanks, folks. Chris. Not a problem. Chris Fagan, Brisbane Lions. Coach nine in a row, boys. Incredible. Top of the ladder. Coach of the year by a mile. but yep. they won't, a mile. They're not going to name him that, though, if he doesn't win a premiership. Is that, how's it work these days? We, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, That's not how it works. Well, Clarkson's it never been coach I don't know. of the year. Well, do you have to finish on top of the ladder? Clarko's never been coach of the year. That's, that's why it's just a joke of a, an award. It's Pierre Voter, though. The other he's coach, the coach of, vote, of, the, of the century. Yeah, yeah, but well, how come Clarko hasn't won a coach of the year award? How come that never happened? <laughs> that's, that's, a, just, that's an anomaly. <laughs> the Brisbane <laughs> Lions half. It's an extraordinary oh, rebuild sword. what they've been able to do with David Noble, Chris Fagan, Greg Swan. He, he just talked about Lee Matthews. What a great guy to have in the background. But the reason I bring that up is we're going to burn another one and two draft picks with the Gold Coast Suns and just throw them this priority pick. That's not the solution, is it? The solution is to do what Brisbane did and for over a five-year period, get the right people in the right positions. Look at the 10 players that they've recruited, recycled players, like Marcus Adams. Look at the way he's going. Mm -hmm. Lincoln McCarthy won the game for them. Mitch Robinson. No, Carlton didn't want him. Lockie Neal can play. So it's not just the kids. It's not just these (laughs) older players. They've got their whole club right and it's a model for the Gold Coast Suns. Let's not burn more draft picks. Mm. That's a good call. It's a good call. It's a great game of footy yesterday. It reached the billing. We thought it might 1v2 or 2v1 as it was before the outcome yesterday. Today we've got 5v3 here at the MCG, Richmond and the West Coast Eagles. Justin Lepich, not too far away from the Tigers. But we'd love to get some calls after the break. Brisbane Lions fans, Tigers fans, are you a bit nervous about today and what it might mean? Because top four is certainly on the line today. 96900 693 on the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line. By bringing you the best for almost 50 years, Nick Theodosi, or 13, 13, 32 out of town. You're welcome anytime. 20 past 12 on a Sunday afternoon, a big build-up to the Tigers and the West Coast Eagles. It's all for Maccas on 3W Football. I don't think he had a huge influence on the game, but that's my initial reaction. I thought he took his, um, took his chances when they were presented, but no, I mean, uh, even if even if I had a plan, would I tell you? No, no. But did you did I did I misread that? Was he the was he was he the difference? <laughs> Five goals, three. You suggest he was pretty close to the difference. Uh, Chris Scott there speaking after the game after the Cats <laughs> lost by one point to the Brisbane Lions. Well, he's kicked uh, he's kicked thirty three points out of seventy five. I reckon that's a fair that's ratio. ratio. <laughs> Fifty two for the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good ratio. He was pretty handy, Charlie Cameron. I think oh, he he's a good player. He, you know, for, lock, for a bloke who looks like he should be running around the shower to get wet, his body work is as good as anybody's small for. We know Eddie's done it a different way at times, but, oh, he's a talent. He's a talent. I'd oh, be worried yeah. about him. I'd, if I was Chris Scott, um, I'd be sitting back thinking, all right, we might meet him again. Who's going to play on him this time? Because it never worked that time. 
Maybe that's what he was thinking when he said it. He probably did. I think it was a, a backward yeah, sort of way of saying it. But it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> the master of deflection. Don't give him any credit. Uh, I think you're weak when you're really strong, all that sort of stuff. Just on, on the Brisbane um, train. It's not the Teague train. It's the Brisbane, <laughs> the Brisbane train. But their ability to continue this story. This was a team that as yep. we've spoken about. It's won five in the last two years and would have come into this season hoping for a bit more, but certainly not expecting what's happened. So... You can imagine their emotions fluctuating a fair bit through this year, but they've been able to manage that pretty pretty well. Yeah, well, you have a look. You know, you, you, you bring in the blokes who have their played in the last three years not having a lot of success have still had games because they didn't have a lot of depth. But now they've brought in some depth that's helped them. You know, just all those players have played 50 to 60 games. You know, I, it took me three years before you yep. thought you were part of a team, let alone, you know, how to play the game properly. Play. Yeah. And then you start having belief. And look, I think Chris Fagan, he's just a, a master. He would have seen everything that uh, Clarko's done. He's had a massive background in football mm. and come out of one of the greatest cultures of all time. So then you get Hodge in, you know. Mm. Um, it's master strike, yeah, isn't it, really? The only one who tells me how things are going is Rich. Because yeah. he has been, a, I think, a selfish player, a lazy player. But even he looks like he would have played 150. How many games? Yeah. 150 nearly, or close to 100. Uh, yeah, he has. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but 150. I still thought he was a lazy, selfish played player. Played a lot of bad teams, though, didn't he? Now he's playing as if he's a great leader of that club. Yeah. So I, I think they've got 10 on 10 blokes who have played that 60 to 70 games, and then the others who, yeah. 203 games. 200, unbelievable, isn't it? And hadn't that gone up quick for a bloke? And he looks like he can still play for a fair while. And on that, are you surprised that these clubs that were looking for a coach, North and Carlton, didn't look at the Chris Fagan model, what worked for the Brisbane Lions to have this sort of elder statesman? I remember when Chris Fagan was first linked to the job, Mm. and people laughed. They said, that's got to be a misprint. He's not even a coach. He's a football (laughs) department staffer. But the Lions identified him as that. That father figure, the statesman type mm. role, and then he has these these um, strategy guys in the box. He's down on the boundary. He's surprised that it's different than a big name. Like yeah, you know, when you go for the Malt House and the Ruse and all these sort of things, they've done. They've been there. He hadn't, so he would have had an, an imprint in his mind about how I'm going to go about doing this job. And to me, he still had the experience of leading the way. Every time you see Clarko go off in the box when he was sitting next to him, he'd be the one who just say, hey, hold on, hold on, tap him on the knee. And Clarko might have told him to nick off and multiply, yeah. but he still knew how to, you know, he still knew how to get through. So the difference is he hadn't coached at the top line, but he's seen but he all that, yeah. So the name doesn't become a big name like a Malthouse and that, you know when they were picked up by Carlton. Do you think that they'll put someone around Reese? Yeah, no doubt. Reese Shaw, I think, will, you know, whether who, who could it be? Well, Alan yeah, Alan Richardson's one bloke, I think, who would be looked at, but I think Melbourne are also looking at him. Um, yeah, you, you're trying. But uh, Brendan Bolton now, I don't, I'm not sure. I think Brendan might go into an assistant role more than a mentoring role. We'll find out if he's involved in somewhere, some club land next year. Yeah, he will. He will. Reports. Yeah, and good bloke too. You, you can't lose by having him around a, yep. a, a club, I couldn't think. And the same with Richo. Agree. The open line is open. Nick Theodosti, Prestige Cars, open line if you want to have your say, 96900 693 or out of town, thirteen thirteen thirty two. And Russell in Geelong has done just that. He's taken that opportunity. Good afternoon, Russell. Hello, boys. Uh, listen, I heard Chris got comments there. I'm a Geelong supporter. And yep. um, it just... It's typical of, of my opinion of Chris Scott. I mean, 
uh, Charlie Cameron was the match winner in the game, and if you looked at the behind-the-goal footage many times, Charlie Cameron was one out with Jed Buse on the goal line. Now, there's a stoppage 50 or 60 metres away, and Jed Buse has got, you know, 30 metres of gap between him and Cameron, and Cameron's going to win that contest every time. So why didn't Chris Scott drop the goal off the contest and put a two-on-one, you know what I mean? And it, it's like, so he had to think on his feet, and that's my... Not to my hit on Chris Scott, but he can't think on his feet. So, you know, as a, that's what I would have done. All, I was saying it all day. Why have we got Charlie Cameron one out on Buse? And he just cut us to bits. He's the quickest bloke in the AFL. So he played a fantastic game. He was a difference. If he wasn't playing, Geelong would have won that game by 10 goals. Because Geelong dominated Brisbane. And they should have won. They should have won. But Brisbane, you know, they just had more efficiency in the forward 50. So, like I said, that's my knock on Scott. But he said, oh, it didn't matter or whatever he said. But it did matter. He should. And that was a big game. This was... This mm. This was a chance to win the flag for Geelong to finish on top of the ladder. Now it's in the lap of the gods, so I think it was pretty poor commentary, pretty poor coaching for Chris Scott Russ, we'll take that as a statement uh, and come back and talk about that yep. because we've been able to get joined by Justin Lepich on the boundary line for the Tigers, assistant coach of the Tigers, getting ready for a very big game against the Eagles here at the G. Good afternoon to you, Lepa. Afternoon, boys. Welcome to 3W Sunday Afternoon Football. These are the days that sort of, sure, he's talking about it before, you can almost smell finals in the air. Are these the days that the players look forward to? Oh, I think so. Um, yeah, you, you remember these big, important games. There's not too many that come around in a year, is there? But uh, everyone knows that there's a big prize at the end of this particular game for uh, for all of us and where we jostle for positions come the end of the season. So, yeah, critically important. How much attention have you been paying um, to the West Coast Eagles through the season? Because obviously they're always going to be a threat. You're always going to meet them late in the year. Have you been watching them closely or is it somebody else's job? <laughs> Well, it's quite ironically, I do the oppo against. Well, we sort of share our opposition analysis around, and I do have West Coast as my team. So <laughs> um, I've watched them a bit closer probably than the other coaches, but uh, we, de- we have also have a guy that, that does all the legwork for us and does a terrific job and, and brings 90% of it to the table for us. So, look, we're, we're pretty confident now our system in analysing the opposition and, and planning against them. We just have to make sure we get it right today, don't we? Seven wins in a row, and you come up against uh, the reigning premiers at the G, who and this holds no fear for them. What, and you're totally different styles, Lever. This is what I'm intrigued about today. How do you go about planning for totally different styles, totally contrasting styles? Well, every team plays completely different, to be mm. honest. I mean, some, some play kind of like each other, but the personnel makes it a little bit different um, for, from each team. But West Coast definitely a side, obviously. Everyone knows the numbers. You don't have to be blind. Freddie could tell you that, you know, they, they mark the ball really well uh, all over the ground. And... Um, the opportunity for us, uh, what we're good at is, is ground level and our um, our handball game. So that's going to be the, the arm wrestle today uh, and which team can get on top. Hey, Leper, it might be the other end of the ground, but over the last month, there have been uh, West Coast have conceded a lot more once the ball inside 50. Have, have you noticed anything than what they were? They're fairly frugal up to that point, but over the last month, how it's been going in against them or is it just an anomaly? Oh, no, they're pretty good at scores against. I mean, the big thing for them, they're the most accurate team in the AFL by a while. They've, lost actually, they've actually won quite a few games where they've had less scoring shots, which, mm. um, you know, so, look, that can happen. You know, that's a bit of good luck your way, a bit of bad luck. I heard you guys sort of talking about Geelong and Brisbane, and, and when they're close games like that, it's sometimes only uh, one or yeah. two things that can change the game. So, um, so let's hope if it happens today and it's that situation, we're the ones that get on top. What about Toby Nankervis? Um, very close, but, look, coming into the finals, it's... Is it a worry about how much football he will have? You, like, you probably will play next week, you would think, to give him a run around if, unless someone stars in the ruck today. But is, is it a bit of worry, the lack of football? Well, I guess so. Um, you'd like a bit more continuity, particularly yeah. given it's 
a similar injury to the, the one he's had with his groin. It's, it's sort of lingering, but we're, we're trying to manage him as best we can to, to get the most out of him. We will have a selection headache in the coming weeks if, if you know, working at how much do we need Toby in the ruck and do we need a Soldo or Chol as well with him. We're, we're sort of already having those conversations, but without any answers, but it's mm. going to be an interesting one over the, over the weeks, what we do there. What about Sydney Stack Lepper? Uh, he was omitted this week and uh, hurt his ankle in the VFL. Yeah, he did, and uh, it's not great. You probably probably need surgery um, by the looks of things, and and it's probably something similar happened to Kane Lambert, who did did the same ankle. It's, it's almost identical what he did this time of the year last year. So um, there is a small chance for Sydney to, to make an impact if he can, but given the, the age of, and experience of him compared to a Kane Lambert, it's going to be difficult for him to to make an impact this year. And Trent Cotchin, was that cautionary? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Trent trained really strongly this week. I actually was pushing the hardest for him to play because he looks <laughs> so good on the track. But uh, look, as, as you want to, you want to make sure that when these things happen that the, the players come back in a perfect condition. So we'll give him another week and he should be right next week. And the guy that came in, I think it was for Dusty last week, you must really rate him, Jack Ross, given he only played half a VFL game. Uh, you, as I say, you obviously rate him highly. Yeah, we do. Uh, and people probably can't remember as far back when he was playing. He was consistently getting high numbers through the midfield and, and contested position and also putting on pressure. So we, we think he's got a, a nice little package to his game. Is he the, the best-looking footballer to go around? Well, we don't know that and haven't seen that yet. But he definitely, his numbers stack up really well to be a quality midfielder, we think. Nothing wrong with that, Lepper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure he Nothing is. wrong with that at all. Hey, just on Mabio Chow, you mentioned him before and the impact he's had. Were you expecting this level of play from him or were you just was it more a hopeful factor? Oh, Mums has been in the club, was it, four or five seasons now, so he's gradually matured with every year. Um, I guess for Marbs, um, we know we need to use him sparingly in a way. Like, as far as playing at a full game, is not his strength. He's not a grinder, so he's always one that needs to, you know, we get him in purse, we get the best out of him. So I think the position and the role he plays really suits that. Um, if we ask him to play full game ruck or full game forward, it probably hasn't suited him in the past. So I, I think as a club, we've find that right balance with him and he's doing well probably didn't have the possession tally last week that we liked but I thought his aggression and competitive work in the air was still really good and we'll stick with him a one from left field mate you must be wrapped with how the Lions are going uh, you know to get to where they are now after you know five wins to 15 in one year it's just a sensational turnaround yeah it is and uh, look the, the club's been building obviously for a while and, and um, not just through the draft in the last couple of years to when you jag the, the players of the quality of Charlie Cameron obviously and Lockie Neal that, mm. that, that can really start to elevate you as a group but um, obviously I watch I mean, a lot of those young boys I, I debuted and um, gave them a, a start it wasn't too much fun when I was coaching them at that time but uh, it's great to see some of the, the fruits of that footy club I can't get too excited sure because no, we have to play playing, next week yeah, and no. <laughs> week after and, um, and need to hope they lose now so yeah. um, that's the way it goes and that's, that's footy I guess yeah you might see a bit of them in the coming weeks Lepis so we don't get too excited for the Brisbane Lions but it is good for footy as is when the Tigers are up and about two and seven in a row hopefully eight for your boys today good luck we appreciate your time no worries well. Lewis. Justin Lepich assistant coach of the Tigers not good news on stack us. no that's that's nah. worse than first thought they mm. thought that it might be the year but not surgery. necessarily surgery which might affect his pre-season which might affect 2020 the start of 2020 isn't, so it amazing, isn't it amazing about talking to Leper about his role, the Lions, which was a horror, hard run for anybody and a superstar like him? Yep. You sort of forget, don't you, that you know they, they've turned it around, but he would have done a few things with a lot of those young players that people won't understand. The, the players would understand and they'd respect that, but it's... 
You sort of go into the ether yeah. when it doesn't work for you, and that's the end of it. I reckon he would have enjoyed working with Lockie Neal and Luke Hodge. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> and Charlie Cameron. Charlie Cameron the last Is that one of the years. worst trades of all time now, looking at Charlie Cameron? Well, well he wanted out. He wanted he? out a bit. Yeah, I know that. From Campgate. They all wanted out. They still want out from Campgate. Well, they played they like they going. wanted out from Campgate oh, last night. They were that's woke. another story. They were wo- In fact, we might do that after the break yeah. as part of our uh, Sunday Roast and Sweet. So if you want to have yep. your say on that, get involved on the Sunday Roast and Sweet. Get thinking, 96900-693 or 13-13-32 on the next Theodosi Prestige Cars open line. Dennis is on that right now from Somerville. Good afternoon, Dennis. Good afternoon. How are you going, fellas? Oh, very well, thank you. Yeah, question for you. If the Bulldogs get beat today... Yes. And Adelaide and Port Adelaide next week score identical scores for four and against. Who goes into the eight? Because their um, percentage is identical. I think it's most boundaries hit, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, again, and, and further to that, what if, what if it happened to third, fourth and fifth or between those three? There is actually a rule. Is I a heard rule. someone yeah. say that they pull a name out of a hat that Steve Hocking what? will... Yes. Wouldn't it be most goals? No, I think it's there's a um, a World Cup style coin toss or something ridiculous. A good question. We will find out the exact answer. Yeah. Come back to you. We'll do our best, Dennis, to track that down for you. It's an interesting question because, as you say, Adelaide and Port Adelaide sit 0.01 percent apart at the moment. 102.99 Adelaide after their surely it's a countback situation like golf. Yeah, you go to the back nine and then you go to the last hole to see you. yeah. Oh. Who, no? beat, who beat who in the, the showdown? So the, the uh, Port no. <laughs> Surely I'm talking about scores. There's got to be something that Surely comes into that. I reckon it's most boundaries. I'm pretty sure that's it. It worked in the and World Cup. with Shirley. Anyway. <laughs> there was more uh, drama at that Cricket Grand Lords last night, which we'll get to half. Yes, well, it might be part of our Sunday roast and Sunday sweet. You're welcome to join us after the break. This is 3W Sunday Afternoon Football brought to you by McDonald's. We are 21, 31 minutes away from the bounce of the ball with Richmond hosting the West Coast Eagles. You're here all on 3W Football. for Richmond, he runs, he's too quick for McGovern, he's had two, he's had three, he runs in a Gabbo's open goal, and he rams it through. Peter Scrums, kicks to a one-on-one in the 50, Darling and Rance, Darling's got it, Rance has got him, hand pass off, Mitchell receives from Marston, he snaps it goalward, Hutchings on his own marks, turns and goal. Running wide, Martin Ford to kick around his body. Around the body, around the body. Oh, yes! Oh, yes, Dusty! What a ripping goal! Rioli fights on. Got it. Gives it off to Prestia. Gets it back from Prestia. Bends it back off his right boot and kicks a magnificent goal. Gave to Martin. Played on. Round the body. Dustin Martin. The margin extended by a goal. Dispossessed. Rioli to running. This to finish the game. Puts it on the deck from a metre. Yes, he's done it, Rioli. And the Tigers are going to win. Oh, it's going to be good fun here this afternoon on 3AW Football from the MCG Richmond and the West Coast Eagles. Our match for broadcast, 26 minutes away. And then after that, we'll head up to Giants Stadium. Away, that's exactly right. Away, up to Giants Stadium after that for the Giants and the Bulldogs, which is another very important clash. Today, all the action on 3AW Football for McDonald's. Did you know, right now you can grab a small cheeseburger meal with your choice of pie, Michael Warner, for just $4. Mm. Only at Maccas. Nice. Ooh. 
What sort of pie? Your choice. Okay. Your choice, sure. That's the beauty of it. I just went and been to Macca's and had a pie. <laughs> but I can now. Well, you can with your cheeseburger <laughs> meal for just four dollars. Oh, I go a bit. I, I go a bit. I mate. the Big Macca's. I still do love a Big Mac. <laughs> Old school. Old school. Old school. Gherkin in or out? Sorry. No, nah, the gherk. I, I don't have gherkin a lot, but I reckon that what's makes a Big Mac. <laughs> oh, with you. No, okay? I have it in. Yeah, no, straight out. You, you were one of those blokes in high school. <laughs> Chips in. Threw, threw them on the roof, didn't you? No, no. You were that guy. You were that guy, Warren. I knew it. Goodness gracious, although on the window. <laughs> on the window. Bruce Eber would have been a window gherkin man. He's a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. He'll join us not too far away for the call of this big clash. Uh, while we're um, talking about food, the Sunday Roast, one of my favourite segments on 3AW. Excellent. Sunday Roast on the Sunday Sweet. That is the worst sound effect. No, has that no, been going every Sunday? Yeah. 20 years. I don't work a lot. Yeah, okay. It's all for SafeTrack, Australia's best compliance <laughs> training provider. Nine years in a row, uh, if you don't mind. Google SafeTrack Compliance. You'll find out a whole lot more. Now, we open the lines for this on the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line, 96900 693 or 13 13 32 out of town. For your Sunday Roast or your sweet, you're allowed to have a sweet as well. You can be positive if you like. Shory's our judge, the winner, the Ooh. best caller, Shory, yep. wins a 36-packet box of AFL Team Coach 2019 footy game cards in the blue pack, which is the best pack, valued at over $100. I'll start with you, Norm Smith, medalist, if you don't mind, Shory. Uh, do you want both, the roast and the sweet? Whatever you All want right, to All right, the roast. Us. I'm going to the state of Adelaide football at the moment. I don't want to use the term bipolar because there are people out there who uh, have that affliction, but I... I would think something's got to happen over there, which either the, the inconsistency of two teams who we thought should have probably played finals at the start of the year has just been unbelievable this season. Shouldn't so, that be a sweet then? No, 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 no. My sweet's a better <laughs> one than that. But, uh, yeah, but the roast... No, for Adelaide. Yeah, they were no, no, well, Port Adelaide. What, what do you do oh. there? They come up against the side who's kicked one goal the week before and they ended up uh, uh, conceding 20. And they had finals on the line. Had finals on the line. Spot yeah, on the both, line. both of them. So I don't know what's You'd going on You'd rather be Port there. Adelaide than Adelaide though, wouldn't you? They've got the youth on their Turns side. List, Adelaide's yeah. list, list you would. is going nowhere. Ageing. Hmm. Right there right. so I know a lot of people worry about Adelaide football, but you know, they're, they're sides that should be playing finals. You got a sweet for us, Shory? Yeah, I've got a sweet. I saw Australia's greatest entertainer ye- uh, yesterday. One Hugh Jackman. Oh, and two oh, and a half hours at Rod Laver, I went and had lunch with my two daughters and my wife. That was a bit harsh because I just <laughs> never got a word in. It was unbelievable. I got a barrage. But he is the greatest entertainer. Now, people say, I don't know, throw him up, boys, if you want. Peter Allen. Well, he takes off Peter Allen because yeah. he played that part in theatre anyway. But he just entertained. He's, he's comic relief, the whole lot. He, can de- he tap danced to a song, which I forget what the song was, but he learnt that as a kid. He learned how to play the piano as a kid. He didn't want it. He played sport. And his, his father sort of didn't want him to go down that track, but in the end he turned around and his, son, his brother told him, mate, you're going to do this now. And that was at 10 years of age. Okay. And what he has done, it, it was the greatest... The greatest show that I've ever seen. I love theatre now, but it was just sensational. Sure. Well, Collingwood was playing yesterday. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, don't worry about that, mate. So they, you, they played last night. No, the greatest they, show. They played. The I was out. I was out. It was two o'clock to four thirty. So yeah, there you go. Chose Hugh that. Jackman over Collingwood yesterday. I, mate, and I do it again tomorrow. That is news. <laughs> That's how good the show was. And, and if you, well, if you weren't as tight as what you are, Mick, you would have bought your missus a ticket to go and see it, yeah, it fair mate. Point. And let me tell you, if your missus goes see it. You get some good brownie points, boys, for a yeah, week at least. I think Hugh made the right call. He's going okay. Let's get to some calls, boys. Paul's in Ringwood to open the batting. G'day, Paul. Yeah, g'day. Look, my sweep is the way Daisy Thomas has played in the last two matches. 
and my roast is the fact that Carlton aren't going to give him another contract. Mm. He played really well against yesterday. It's a tough call, wasn't it? In the end, they had to choose between Simpson and and Daisy, and obviously with Cade Simpson being a legend of the club, 324 games now, they were always going to go with Cade. But maybe Daisy could get a gig at uh, Gold Coast Coast (laughs) and be one of their better players. Everyone gets a gig at Gold Coast. Everyone gets lumped at the Gold Coast, don't they? But, you know, why wouldn't you look at it? There's a $300,000, $400,000 contract up there for Daisy. For the youngest franchise, if they keep going up there, they'll have the oldest listed in the history of the game. Thank you, Paul. Opening the batting beautifully. Peter's in Capel Sound. Hello, Pete. Good afternoon, boys. How are you going now? Terrific. You get, you're going to get a lot of these Sunday roasts today, I think, and uh, I must uh, take issue with Troy. I saw Australia's greatest entertainer last night in the form of Stephen Smith, and uh, oh, yeah. what that man <laughs> did last night, they couldn't get him out in the end, they had to knock him out, and then to see the Lord's crowd bullying him, we've got uh, long memories of what happened five years ago on the SCG, and that was horrific footage last night, and I was so proud of Steve Smith, the way he's just uh, put that behind him, the way he's rebuilt himself, and honestly, that, that Bob don't know how to bowl to him, he's just uh, a living legend, I think he's probably, you know, sees a lot of, seen a few, few cricketers in my life, but uh, nobody's better than him, he's just a wizard, I don't know what you guys think, but I was disgusted with the behaviour of that crowd last night, I know it's Lords, how dare they do it at Lords, it wasn't many people, but it was audible, you could hear it. No, it's a great call. It was extraordinary cricket if you if you stayed up and watched it. That Joffre Archer, he is the pure speed. I haven't seen bowling like that. I reckon he's got um, Stain and these guys covered. He is yeah. he's an Ambrose type superstar, and to see him hit Smith on the arm and just about break his arm, and then a shocking footage oh. when he hit him in the head. Smith got another ninety two. He's made one hundred and forty, one hundred and forty, and ninety two. It's going okay. Going well. Yeah. But he's still got some ground to make up with the Australian public, but he's, he's doing a pretty good job of it. My word, didn't hurt last night the way he came back. Rowan's in Flemington. Thank you, Pete. Good afternoon, Rowan. Uh, morning. Good afternoon, gents. Uh, my roast is to the media for giving Chris Scott the greatest armchair ride of any coach in the history of the AFL. By my calculations, three times in the last six weeks he's been comprehensively outcoached on match day. And yet the media questions to him are, are the Dorothy Dixes that he gave in Parliament. Um, and I just wonder whether it, why, why he gets such a good run when you compare the run that some of the other coaches have had uh, over the journey. He's a fascinating guy. He has the highest success rate as a coach in home mm. and away of any coach ever, I think. So that probably explains that. Not in finals. No coach is under more pressure going into September than Chris Scott. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Good point. Well, yeah, just ask some hard questions, Mick. Just <laughs> yeah, do something at some stage. Sure, you got a winner for us? Uh, yeah, I'm going for Pete. I like that about Steve Smith. I reckon he's a superstar. He, he's a... One of the greatest batsmen I've ever seen with the most unorthodox style of... The technique goes out the window, but the eye is so good. I, I just love watching him. No. So, yeah, well, and the booing, that's embarrassing for the English over there. Good on you, Pete. A streamlined edition of the Sunday Roast and Sweet. Today you have won the 36-packet box of AFL Team Coach 2019 footy game cards, valued over $100.00. And that's thanks to our good friends at SafeTrack, Australia's best compliance training provider. Nine years in a row, Google SafeTrack Compliance to find out more. We need to get to a break, boys. Not too far away from the bounce of the ball. 18 minutes, in fact. And after this on 3W Football for Maccas, we're going to find out what Mick Warner's three big stories are for the week. Stay listening at the MCG Live for Richmond and a West Coast. Bruce Eva to join us shortly on 3W Football. To come up against a side that is the best team in the competition and have been now for, for a good period of time. So 
we're looking for the challenge, uh, looking forward to the challenge, no doubt. Luke and his boys are, are looking forward to coming over to Melbourne to, to go up against us. It's a great test for us, and a few of our young guys will, will get some really good experience this weekend. But yeah, it's a, it's a great time of the year to be playing footy, and um, we win, great. We, we move on, and um, there's a fair chance we'll see Richmond again. But if we lose again, it's not the end of the world, and it probably makes the last round all the more important for us. The voices of Jack Rewald and Luke Shuey on AFL 360 through the week on Fox Footy. Thank you to them for that audio. It's going to be an interesting clash here today at the MCG. Not too far away, in fact, the bounce of the ball as West Coast have just entered the arena. We say farewell to our Macquarie Sports Radio fans and listeners today. You're off to uh, Giants Stadium to hear the Giants and the Western Bulldogs, where we'll head after our game here at the MCG. So enjoy that on Macquarie Sports Radio. Bruce Eber has jumped into the chair today to help us out through proceedings. Good afternoon, Beaver. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, everyone. Really looking forward to uh, this one. Well, if you weren't looking forward to this one, you wouldn't like football, would you? Fair A point. Potential grand final preview. And, um, yeah, I heard Shorey while I was driving in, and I felt the same since walking through Yarra Park, which was a little desolate because the car park has been shut completely Correct. due to the wet weather last week across this weekend. But there is there is a sense of spring in the air. And, um, yeah, the uh, spine-tingling stuff awaits. There's a spring in Mickey Warner's step. He's got his three big stories for us on 3AW Football. Well, uh, Justin Lepich is breaking news for us on 3AW. told us the news that Sydney Stack is unfortunately going to require surgery for his syndesmosis. Uh, injury suffered in the VFL yesterday, which was unfortunate. Got dropped for today's game and uh, probably going to miss the season. You'd think with surgery half. I don't know. You can get back in. Uh, no. no, no chance. He's out. Nan Curvis also he told us Shorey that he's re-injured. That well, not re-injured, but it's the groin that he missed ten weeks with. So one to keep an eye on there. The Canelio situation, Beaver, is fascinating. We've had both the McLaughlin brothers weigh in yes. on the uh, during the week. First Gill who I thought was a bit over the top, the way he was attacked for simply having an opinion that he'd like him to stay. But then his brother, Hamish, said that he thought Carlton had been told they were out of the race, which you'd be devastated at half to uh, hear the news that uh, Canelo's... uh, Well, not necessarily, because half also played for Hawthorne. Oh. So is it down to two? I don't know, but it's it's the the longer it goes on the more you fear for the GWS, so you can't afford to lose him. And, Shory, I know you're at Hugh Jackman and you missed the Ty Collingwood game, but <laughs> Jamie Elliott has kicked five for the Pies and looks to have his mojo back. They get Jaden Stevenson back. Dugowie will be back. Cox is out of the way, so I've taken that hard call. Are the Pies back? Well, they are, and I just love the way that they've got this small forward set up. Um, Stevenson, Jaden Stevenson might just come straight into a finals uh, situation, but... Uh, yeah, the reason I didn't watch Collingwood was that means I had to re- watch Adelaide too. And I just thought, no, Hugh's bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Hugh is bigger than that, in fairness. They're the three big Only stories of the week. Warner. For Michael Warner. Uh, thank you, Mick. He's heading down He's on the boundary line. He's part of our team today, call team from McGregor Portables. He'll be on the boundary line with all the latest down there. Richmond have made their way out of the MCG, Bruce. So Mick clearly didn't see any of Ben Brown last night. We've been screaming out for higher scores. We've been screaming out for the glamour full forward to return. He kicks 10, the first kangaroo in 20 years to kick double figures since the great Wayne Carey. I mean, Mick, come on. Ben Brown, one of the stories of the week. Maybe we'll get 10 today at the G. Let's find out after this for AW Football for Maccas from the MCG. Oh, we're from Tigerland, a fighting fury, we're from Tigerland, in any weather you 
will see us with a grin, risking head and shin. If we're behind, then never mind, we'll fight and fight and win. We're the Eagles, the West Coast Eagles, and we're here to show you why. We're the big birds, kings of the big game. Throughout Australia, welcome to the MCG for 3AW's coverage of this Round 22 clash between Richmond and the West Coast Eagles. Bringing you this afternoon's action in special comments, the 1990 Collingwood Premiership Captain Tony Shaw. On the boundary, 2018 Alf Brown Award winner Michael Warner. And in commentary, it's a very good Sunday afternoon to Daniel Harford and Bruce Eva. Thank you, Craig Willis, and a very good afternoon to you too, my friend. Welcome to the home of Australian sport, the mighty MCG for a true heavyweight clash. The past two premiers, the reigning premiers, the West Coast Eagles, taking on the 2017 champions, Richmond, in a big game in the penultimate round of the home and away season. Let's set the scene with the key numbers, thanks to all over bins, before we get down to the boundary line, and Mick Warner, and then some expert analysis from Tony Shaw, with five minutes to go before the opening bounce. Richmond start the match a game and 4.25% behind West Coast. If the Tigers win, they move back into the top four, replacing Collingwood, who are equal on premiership points. That is 56 and five percentage points ahead of the Tigers as we speak. Richmond, though, will join the Eagles and the Cats on 60 premiership points if they get the job done today. For West Coast, if they win, they move ahead of Geelong and into second spot on the ladder, and they start this game a match and 3.9% behind the top-placed Brisbane Lions. West Coast, as well as an aside, looking to equal the record for non-Victorian sides here at the MCG. If they triumph today, it will be six wins in a row here at the home of football. But Richmond, 9-2 here on their favourite deck this year, including the past five. That's some key numbers thanks to All Over Bins. All Over Bins, enter the promo code FOOTY for $50 off off online bookings. Down on the boundary all day with thanks to McGregor Portables is Mick Warner. And first up, he's got the ground conditions for First National Real Estate. At First National Real Estate, they put you first. Good afternoon again, Mick. Hello, Beef. Yeah, the conditions right now are pretty good, but there is a big band of weather maybe looks like an hour away, so I think it will hit us at some stage, unfortunately. Pretty good crowd. It should hit 50, 55,000. There is a late change for West Coast. Will Schofield is out. Adam Simpson said it's more of a a uh, tactical decision. They brought in Josh Rotham, the defender. He's played, this will be his fourth game this year. Starting benches for Richmond, Castagna, Liam Baker, Choll and Jack Ross. And for the Eagles, Oscar Allen, Rotham, who we mentioned, came into the side, Petricelli and Redden. Good on you, Mick. Mick Warner down there on the boundary all day wearing his uh, Richmond uh, beanie and scarf, of course. Now he'll be completely unbiased. Shorey. You played so many big matches here at the MCG, finals and home and away games amongst your 313 premiership matches. These are the days, these are the occasions when you need to deliver to enhance your reputation and legacy. No doubt. No doubt about that. And, gee, there are some amazing similarities about the strengths of both these teams. We know they go deep in their midfield. We don't have to go through most of those. But when you talk about intercept marking players, you've got Nick Vlosten, who's in sensational form. 117 points have come directly from Nick Vlosten's intercept possessions across half-back. Then you've got Mitch, uh, Jeremy McGovern. What do you do with him? How do you play through him? Richmond love to handball the ball, get through the lines. Will they try and just, uh, what can I say, get over the top 
of a Jeremy McGovern just sitting behind play. Then you go to the key forwards. You've got Josh Kennedy, who hasn't been in great form of late, and Jack Darling. Jack Darling's been the one who's been standing out. You go up the other end, you've got Tom Lynch, who, you know, was a little bit maligned early, but he was under injury uh, issues, there's no doubt, and was underdone early. But he's just shown how much class he's got in the fall line and that... Uh, and, Jack Rewald, who we know is just an out-and-out superstar. So it goes that deep. And also, when you look to the small forwards, you know, a lot of clubs are just crying out for someone who can kick 35 to 40 goals as a small forward. When you look at Richmond, they've got Castagna, they've got Rioli, they've got Lambert, they've got Graham, who kicked five last week. Just they go really deep there. And we've got two superstars when we look at, I think, Liam Ryan, who I think is a superstar, and also Willie Rioli that can do the unusual. So all this is the big part of what's going on in this game and where it can be won and lost. I think the one area which West Coast might have a little bit of an advantage might be Tom Hickey. Now, he's really improved. He, 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 of course, has been moved on by the Saints, wasn't it then, uh, yeah, Beaver? So he's had a really good season so far with Nat Nui being out. So maybe your child and, and whoever's going to do the second part of the ruck work for Richmond has to stand up here to help with clearances because the West Coast Eagles... In the last couple, uh, six weeks, I think, is uh, number one for clearance scores. So that's a big part of the game. And uh, one area with the Ruckman gets on top, it could be very telling. Of course, if things go to plan for the Eagles and they win today, this could be their last visit here until, at the MCG until, until the big one. Because yeah. Yeah, they're home next week against Hawthorne. Uh, if they can move into second hold that position and then, of course, like last year, a home qualifying final. If they win that, a home preliminary final. And then back here on the biggest stage of all the last Saturday in September. We're all in readiness. Richmond going to their favourite punt road end in the first corner. The Eagles to the city end. Crowd building up. The Sunday of round 22 of the Toyota AFL Premiership home and away season. First quarter for Chemist Warehouse. Daniel Harford to take up the call on 3AW Football.